Aalto University Podcast. In the Adventures in Entrepreneurship Law podcast series, Petra Hietanen-Kunwald and Kalle Airo from Aalto University explore business law from an entrepreneurial point of view with expert guests. In some episodes, their co-host is Moritz Scherleitner. The podcast content is meant for education and is not intended to constitute legal advice. What kind of contracts do startups need? Commercial contracts in a nutshell. Our guest is Jaco Lindgren, partner, Dottir Attorneys at Law. Entrepreneurship Law with Petra and Kalle. Many startups have an unclear idea about contracts and how to use them. In this episode, Petra and Kalle discuss with Jaco Lindgren what startups should look for in commercial contracts. They will also talk about the difference between a contract and a memorandum of understanding, the magic of reading, and the significance of written contracts. We also learn what terms should be avoided to stay out of trouble and how important it is to understand what you own. So entrepreneurs have two kinds of products. First of all, the product that the company is selling to customers and then the company itself. And you need contracts for both of these products. Today we will concentrate on the commercial contracts that you typically do with the product that you are actually selling. And we are discussing this with Jaakko Lindgren. So, welcome to the show. Welcome. Okay, so Jaakko, you are relatively well known for most, most Finnish people who follow the startup scene, but who are you? Uh, I am attorney and I'm one of the founders of Dotter Law Firm. And uh, yeah, I'm practicing law in Finland. I have background in the big law firms and big listed IT firm and also in the startup scene. I have been in some way involved in the startup scene more than 10 years, like the early days of the Alto Alto startup movement and the slash and so on. I know quite well Finnish startup scene and everything what's happened in the Otaniemi. This is my background shortly. So why is entrepreneurship important to you? It's a good story. Uh, I started my career in the uh, big law firm. Then I working many years in the big listed firm in the Finland. And then my friends started to found the different kind of startups. But I'm I worked those days in the big law firm and I think that if those guys could have those so cool firms <laughs> and the firms are cool and, and I must do something myself. And then I found a couple of crazy lawyers in the do- different law firms and then we found together Dottir almost seven years ago. It's like like one of the biggest things in in my life, like a good story in my personal life and working life, and I like it. However, it's, uh, because you are so many hours in the office, and you must like what you do. And if you have own firm, it's part of you, and you like it. I guess that this is the reason, and this is some kind of justification for my my career. 
Uh, we are talking today about commercial agreements, how startups can sell their products. So first of all, what is a commercial agreement? What is an agreement? How I say it in in easy way that it's a binding legal document. It could be oral, but it's not very good because uh, in Finland and maybe some other countries also, uh, agreements could be oral one that couple of guys talking about. But my some kind of the some kind of first advice in every single firm is that they need uh, all agreements in written form. Then you can uh, read those agreements and check which are the obligations and what are the rights of the parties in the agreement. And the commercial agreement is a base of every single company. They can buy and sell products and services. And they, when they do the, uh, do the some buying or selling, they need an agreement in the written form. Okay, so you mentioned written contracts uh, and oral contracts. Are there other ways how you can actually enter into this binding agreement? I guess that is good to make a difference between negotiation phase and then agreement phase. And you must understand always uh, which contract or which type of contract is binding and which is not. And if you have some kind of um, a memorandum of understanding or a letter of intent or, 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 or some other contract or some kind of uh, pilot contract or something like that, you must always focusing which terms are binding and which are not. When you draft the contract, when you negotiate contract, and after negotiation, after signing, you must understand which clauses in the agreement are binding. And binding mean that you must fulfill those requirements in those clauses in the future. And you must fulfill those clauses in some time frame or one year or maybe 10 years or signs that you terminate the whole contract. This is the some kind of big issue. And, and, and we have quite strong culture in Finland that we trust each other. It's a very good thing. But in the same time, you must be in the difference between binding contract and only some kind of trust between parties. Mm. If you have uh, those clauses in a binding form in your contract, then you can trust that you can fulfill those clauses or other parties fulfill those clauses. And it's a part of the how you build your own firm. In the starting phase, you have a lot of this kind of pilot agreements or memorandum of understanding. And phase by phase, um, in, in the end, you have more like a binding agreements and the real business. And in the starting phase, you have this kind of testing or piloting agreement and so on. Maybe come back to this terminology. So we have a letter of understanding. Yes. We have a memorandum of understanding, letter of intents. We have binding agreements. Uh, so how do I know as a, as a, an entrepreneur uh, whether this, or first of all, you could tell the difference between those two and then tell us how an entrepreneur knows whether this is a memorandum of understanding, not binding, or whether this is already an agreement that is binding. How do they know? I guess that the, in the real life, um, every single 
founder must understand and the, the founder must read the agreement is the first phase mm-hmm. the read the agreement because uh, uh, if you read the agreement then you understand is this agreement binding or not binding or which part of this agreement is binding and not binding because in Finland in the practical life I have seen letter of intent which is fully binding agreement <laughs> then and I have seen memorandum of understanding which is full binding and then I see quite often letter of intent or memorandum of understanding which are not binding they are only like some kind of speech of uh, bodies so you cannot on the basis of the of the title of the agreement yes. you cannot conclude whether this is binding yes. or not yes so basically it would be if you only want to have a general memorandum of understanding it would be wise for instance to write there that this is not yet uh, not yet binding but we will uh, later on yes. agree on the binding terms yes. something like this just to yes. make it clear yes Yeah. So, so this is, I think, very important to understand. And on the, on the other way around, uh, there can be agreements that are so so vague that you don't have an agreement, even though you think that there is an agreement. Yes. But I guess that the good starting point in 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 uh, in 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 in, in a startup firms that they will read the agreements. Exactly. They don't sign agreements without the reading. I guess that this is the some kind of a very key key topic because I have seen so many so many firms which have a lot of agreements but they they don't have a real understanding of those what kind of agreements they have because when they are young firms and when big corporations call them for example they will sign everything without the thinking because they think that this could be a good thing for the whole firm but they don't have a some kind of uh, full picture what kind of agreement they sign. And I guess that the, this reading is one very important point. <laughs> yeah. So basically, they're saying that you, you should have one person who actually reads contracts and understand the big picture, how the contracts are linked to each other. Yes. Um, I have seen many kind of startup teams. Um, we have very good teams and then we have very good technical teams, which which are not very good in the commercial wise, but some kind of key issue that every single startup team must have one person in team which focusing boring legal stuff and boring administration stuff. This person must read agreements and understand agreements. And also the same person must have an archive system of the all agreements For example, typical startup needs a venture money, and before that you can get the venture money, you need a DD phase, and you must show the and disclose to all the agreements. And uh, if you have very good guy in the team in the early days of the firm, then you have a, some kind of your administration looks like a very good, very early stage, and it's good in the starting point of the firm. So what kind of commercial agreements do startups typically have? And are there some kind of uh, commercial agreements that they don't have, but they should have? Um, this is interesting question. Uh, I guess that you must follow the money. Uh, follow the money. Because if you follow the uh, where they use the money and where the money comes, then you find the agreements. And typical startup have a different kind of agreements 
relating what kind of services they need, what kind of space they need, uh, like a rent or something, and then uh, agreements relating their uh, employees or if they rent some employees or, or using this kind of services. Then um, the most important, of course, those are also important, but the, the, uh, you must focusing in your firm that when you have a product or service, you have very good agreement how you sell your service or product and you need those kind of agreements uh, in the in the in the uh, right place that you understand how you can make money with your service or your product and you need the agreement in commercial wise very early days like a typical if I look at the Otaniemi area nowadays um, the, of course there are different kind of firms but quite typical in Otaniemi Firms are, uh, they are product firms relating to the cloud computing or AI or something like that. Those firms need uh, terms of service or, 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 or frame agreement or so, something like that with their clients. I guess that those are the main points. But uh, if I look at the uh, new firm and try to figure out what kind of agreements they have, then I follow the money, I check that which other money flows, there you can find the agreements, or if you don't, then you have a problem. So basically you need to own what you are selling yes. and have a, a contract that l- lets you actually invoice what you are selling. Yes, yes, this is true. So the, yeah, that's a, good, a very good advice. Uh, how, how does it work when you buy services? Because sometimes you need to buy services. Or, or have a cooperation with others. Yes, I guess that in the early phase, uh, every single firm need to buy some services, but you must buy services in a way that you can terminate quite easily those services. You couldn't take 10 years rent agreement. You couldn't take uh, 10 years IT service agreement because you don't know what will happen in the next year. And when you're focusing in buying some services in startup, you must have the capabilities and right to terminate those agreements because in startup world, you couldn't understand what will happen next year or year after that. Because typical, those firms in the early days, they develop very fast curve. Yeah. And then, yeah, it can, everything can change then. Yes. Very rapidly. Agreements, they are very often very, the agreements can be very long, they can also be very short. What are the most important terms that you always should have in agreement, in agreements? Um, I guess that the uh, common understanding between the parties, they must have an understanding what is the focus and what is the scope of agreement. This is the first thing. Uh, the both parties in the agreement must understand the scope of the agreement in the same way. Then timetable or delivery table or using time. This is second, uh, uh, second important thing. Then pricing. Both parties understand in the same way in the pricing. If parties have similar understanding of scope of agreement, timetable and pricing, then you have quite good uh, uh, situation. Then when we're focusing in the startups, termination. 
because typical human being thinks that it's very cool to sign the agreements and then take a glass of champagne or something like that. We are happy that we signed the agreement. But in the lawyer, most important thing is understand of life cycle of agreement, how you can terminate the agreement. Because if you don't have a clear termination clauses, then in some day you have totally mess in your table with this agreement. What about liability clauses? Of course they are important, but uh, I guess that the lawyer focusing a lot of <coughs> time and effort in the liability clauses. <coughs> but in the real life, of course, liability clause could be a problem. But in 90 pro- 95% of the litigation and arbitration regarding commercial agreements, they are focusing different terms than liability in the agreement. Because typical parties have different understanding and result of the agreement and then liability or arbitration start. But uh, of course, there are also other important clauses, but in the startup firm uh, level, you must have a focusing that you understand those uh, scope, timetable and pricing very, very, very clearly. And after that, you can consult the lawyer or something like that, and lawyer can put the boilerplate stuff in your agreement. Uh, so, so before when signing an agreement or before signing an agreement, what should uh, an entrepreneur look for? I guess that the, if the some kind of basics are in the good shape, like scope, timetable, pricing, and so on, then. Uh, founder must are focusing in two clauses, exclusivity. No exclusivity clauses in a commercial agreements in the startups. Because if you try to develop bigger firm and grow, then if you have exclusivity clause that you can make a business, for example in Finland, only with the one pulp and paper company, you couldn't develop a lot of your business if you have this kind of exclusivity clause. This is one topic. Of course, in some cases, if you have an exclusivity clause with uh, only in one year or in one factory or something like that, if there are some limitations, then you could have exclusivity clause in the Just agreement. A short, uh, question, what, what for, for the audience, what is an exclusivity clause? Like exclusivity clause is uh, in, 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 in a simple way that you could make a business only with this uh, partner. Like if you are in the software firm and you make an agreement with the one pulp and paper firm, then you can make a software business only with this firm. And if you are a product company and make an exclusivity agreement with the one manufacturing firm, then you can use only one manufacturing firm. And it could destroy your uh, your firm's value because Investors, they're looking the growing firms, but if you have an agreement which say that this firm can make business only with this one firm, then you have a problem. Yeah, and you might actually run, or at least used to, to run in these kind of problems where a startup would make company, let's say in German market, there would be some that I want exclusive right to sell your product. Yes. And there's uh, no minimum price. Yes. And they just don't do anything. Yes. They get you out of the German market spike you signing the exclusivity. Yes. 
Yes, and it's problem. And second important thing is termination. You must always understand when we can terminate this agreement and when other party can terminate the agreement. You must always think what is the life cycle of this agreement. You could be happy in signing agreement nowadays most of the agreement signing in the DocuSign but 10 years ago is always uh, written signing and it was a big thing in the many firms but and people focusing in the signing agreements but clever founder focusing also in the life cycle of agreement. So how can and how should an entrepreneur actually manage risk with agreements? I guess that I have seen so many years in the startups in Finland. Uh, my first advice, read the agreements. You must understand what you sign. It's the first thing. Second thing, no oral agreements. Only writing form agreements. This might sound stupid because we trust each other in Finland, but in the business life and when you Uh, build the firm, you must have a written agreement with your subcontractors, with your employees, with your manufacturings and so on. I guess read agreements, written agreements, and then one person in team which focusing in agreements very early days. Then use the legal services when you need it also in the early days, or have one uh, founder who has some, some legal background. But, again, it's not maybe clever because lawyer, lawyer founder maybe have so much to do in the very early days because company have a very limited number of agreements in the early days. But maybe you can think that you use some legal services or uh, have a one founder in your team, which have some understanding of the legal stuff. Those are the, some kind of high level ways to manage the agreement risks. So what kind of terms should you avoid in commercial agreements? Of course, there are many of them. But if I look at the typical problems in Finland and uh, startup scene in general, in the Nordics. IPR rights. You must have a clear understanding after signing agreement who owns the IPR rights. For example, typical case in the startup world, you have a product firm and then you use the uh, subcontractor which coding something in your product. Then lawyer look at the agreement and the ownership of IPR rights is unclear. Then we have a problem. Because in Finland and in Otaniemi and also in Nordics, many firms are software firms nowadays. And in software firm, the most valuable thing is IPR rights of the product. And if you have problem in your core 
for example, if you couldn't understand who owns IPR rights of your product, then we have a huge problem in the future. I guess that focusing IPR clauses in the agreement, both parties must have a similar understanding who owns the IPR rights after this agreement. So thank you for sharing your insight and advice so far. But what are the key takeaways you want the viewers to remember out of this discussion? I guess that every firm must focus in their service or their product. Product and service is most important thing in the firm, because if they have good product or service, then they have a good clients also, and then firm is successful. Commercial agreements isn't rocket science, but you need one person in your team who focusing agreements. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. It's very interesting. <laughs>